Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello there. Welcome to EXO Higher Self, the podcast where you send me your questions and I help connect you to your higher self, the part of you that already has the answer. It's Bunny Michael here and I am so happy to be with you for the first episode of season three. Well, we've made it nearly to the end of 2020. Wow, we did it. We have been enduring a global pandemic an economic crisis, a tumultuous presidential election, the continuing fight for racial justice, and all the things that are also going on in our personal lives. I mean, it's been a lot. When I think about the time right before the pandemic, I think about how no one could have known how much would change. And a part of me feels a little heartbroken, like I wish I hadn't taken so much for granted. But this is all part of the journey, right? This is how we learn. This is how we grow. This is how we become more aligned with our higher purpose. It's the times when we are faced with loss, we learn what we truly have. It's the times when we are bombarded with noise, we learn how much we need the quiet. Your higher self is the love that endures it all. It's who you are. The space in which all of the events of your life happen. It's so easy to get caught up in our ego selves, our separate selves, who we are in the eyes of the world. That's why when we lose part of that identity, whether it's a job or a partner, maybe it's getting older and watching our face and body change. If we're too identified with our egos, we will suffer greatly from that change. But when we are aligned with our spirit, our higher self, We know who we are beyond all of those worldly identifiers. We are grounded in love, and love is eternal. It's the place we came from and the place we will go when we leave here. Love is who we truly are, and when we see through those eyes and experience life through that consciousness, we trust what lies ahead knowing we are always held by that which is greater than anything our egos can do for us. These past few weeks between seasons, I've thought a lot about what it means to do this work, to write about higher self and post about it and answer your questions. I thought a lot about how I never could have predicted that this would be a career path for me because I've always saw myself as a person who is often struggling with my own self-worth. 
Ever since I was a child, I had a fear that there was something wrong with me, some part of me that didn't belong. But what I thought was some personal defect was actually a deep awareness, an awareness that there is more than what we see. There's a wisdom that sometimes children are more in tune with than the adults around them. It's the connection to a love that is so free and so beyond limits that when the world tries to box in that love with all its fear and conditioning, it feels painful. It feels like you don't have a home. And before you know it, you feel like part of you is lost. It's our work now to acknowledge that love, that wisdom that has always been with us but hasn't had the space to flourish. It's been covered up for far too long. I call it a higher self, but you can call it whatever you want. Our task right now is to remember ourselves. The answer is within us, and the answer is love. And with that, let's take it to the first question. Hi, Bunny. Thanks for all the kindness you bring into the world. It means a lot to a lot of us. Um, I wanted to ask about something that has been a struggle for me for a long time, and that is I get really caught up in the stories of of people suffering, like who I see on the street or who, you know, I read a terrible headline about, and I... I think my empathy can sometimes be a little overwhelming and I I feel so bad for the suffering of so many people and I I don't really know how to cope with that and like to 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 care in a healthy way where I'm not like absorbing it too much in myself if that makes sense like it it affects me a lot to see how much suffering there is happening in the world. And, yeah, if you have any tips on how to manage that, it would help. It's so difficult to see other people suffering because on the level of spirit, on the level of our higher selves, we are all connected. We are all one, one consciousness. So when we see others in pain, a part of us is also in pain. There are all different types of suffering. Sometimes we suffer because we feel like we're not good enough at our job or we're in a bad mood. Sometimes we suffer because our relationships ended or maybe we don't like the way we look. Sometimes we suffer from illness or loss or physical pain or violence. There is suffering that is self-inflicted and there's suffering that is inflicted on other people by people who are also suffering and feel that hurting others can alleviate some of their own pain. It seems like we're in a constant flux of suffering and not suffering at times in our life and sometimes it can change from day to day or from one moment to the next. Suffering is part of the human experience, and it is a teacher to who we are and why we are here. Our higher selves know that we are here for one purpose, to bring more love to this world. Love heals suffering because love sees that there is nothing lacking from any one of us. And from this knowing of our wholeness, we do not feel the need to harm ourselves or other people. 
Love heals suffering, not because it completely alleviates it, because it gives it meaning. Love uses it as a teacher to bring us closer to our higher selves. As we nurture that connection, we begin to see how unnecessary so much suffering is, both in our self-inflicted suffering and in the great suffering of the collective experience. Every one of us is on a journey to heal our own pain, and in that process, we see the pain we blindly inflict on others. We see how war and famine and hatred and violence all stem from wounds that have not been healed, and so the cycle of suffering continues. What we can do is show up for our higher purpose by using who we are and our experiences to heal ourselves and be a healing force in the world. We all have a role to play. So how do we keep showing up for love when it's so easy to get overwhelmed by the immense amount of work there is to do and the pain that we see all over our planet? The thing is, we have to nurture our environments to be conducive to our own healing work. That means understanding what boundaries you need to stay in the awareness of your higher self. If you're feeling overwhelmed and paralyzed by the news, it's time to turn the news off. Not because you don't care, but because you care so much that you want to protect your emotional and mental health in order to do your part. If you read the news the first thing after you wake up in the morning, it's going to have a different effect than if you read the news after you've meditated in the morning and centered yourself in love. Because it's our higher selves that sustain us in knowing change is possible and hope is the only way forward. Because of technology and our phones, we can see the suffering from all over the planet in one click. There's a lot of benefit to that because people are finally seeing the consequences of injustice. But all the good people do all over the world doesn't make the news. If we saw all the kindness and caring as much as the suffering, we would all have a lot more hope. That's why it's so important to surround yourself with the things that also inspire you to see the best in people even when they can't. This is the love of higher self. It's the vision of compassion. It's the vision to see other people's higher selves even when they are acting unconsciously. Because pessimism never helped anyone. Cynicism is a recipe for the past repeating itself. We create our future. So do what you need to do to take care of yourself enough to channel your creative, loving spirit. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, Benny. Um, this is my third message, and I'm so sorry to leave multiple messages. Um, you've heard my backstory, so I'm literally just going to get straight to the question and the point. Um, so basically, what I'm trying to ask, essentially, oh, so for people who didn't hear the other million messages, um, basically, my best friend of like five, six years just essentially ghosted me, um, believe me on social media, and was just kind of like, we're in different stages of life 
and our core beliefs are different now. So, mind you, our argument started because she is in a relationship with a cop, and I posted an anti-cop thing on social media, and she was just like, how could you do that? Like, I'm, you know, I'm with a cop kind of thing. Like, you're supposed to be my best friend, and, you know, you're not supporting me. And I'm like, I support you and your boyfriend. I just don't support his profession, nor am I going to support, you know, the system and innocent people dying for our friendship also. But anyway, long story short, I realized she's someone that is not good for me anymore in my life. And obviously she is racist from other things she's said. I can prefer that. And anyway, but I guess what I'm trying to ask before you cut off again is, I don't know, I'm just like mad. Like, I can't believe someone would say I love you and then do all that. And I guess, I don't know, I know you still had a friend that ghosted you, and it's like, how do you think positively on the memories and, you know, not be so bitter? Because, like, looking, you know, she was a big part of my college experience, and it's like, I'm, I'm kind of, like, bitter towards it now, even though I had a great college experience and I love my college, but I don't know, I'm just very, like, I'm very bitter and negative towards our past things, and my mom, you know, she's like, that is a discount that the times did have, because she has changed, and she was different when you were, you know, friends with her, but I don't know, so I, I, I don't really know how to, like, move forward with, like, not thinking, like, cause when I think about her, like, I'm just mad, and I don't know, it's like, I don't, I, I just want to be able to let it go and not hold a grudge, because I don't know, but it's just like, how could someone do that? I just don't understand, and it's just like, I reached out to her, you know, before I was like, hey, I miss you. And like, I really just want to catch up. And then it just spiraled. She was just like, we're not on the same stages of life anymore. And I was just like, okay. So it was a long time coming. And, you know, I don't really know what I'm saying right now. It's just kind of like, I know it wasn't a good person to be in my life anymore. I realize that now. But it's like, she was so close. We were so close for a time. And we really got each other. And it's just like... I don't know. It's just like, I can't believe she didn't even make an effort. Hey, it's okay that you're mad. It's okay that you're hurt and angry. To expect not to be is just not realistic. It's still a fresh wound. It still stinks. Not only that, but I'm sure that every time you read the news now or see a post on social media about police brutality, it triggers your anger all over again. And you're in a cycle of arguing with your friend in your own mind because they're not physically around to hear you. One thing that I think might be helpful is to keep in mind that we've all been conditioned by white supremacy because that is the institution we've all been brought up in. Deconditioning yourself is a personal responsibility, but not everyone has the courage to look within and do that work. Why? Because it's a heartbreaking process. And if you're privileged enough not to be forced into that position, then it's a lot easier for you not to pop that bubble. People hold on to what is familiar like a life raft in a storm, deeply afraid that they will become overwhelmed in the unknown and lose their sense of self. It becomes an existential threat. 
And how someone reacts to their own fears is the result of many different factors, how they grew up, what trauma they have had to deal with in their own lives, what they've been exposed to and influenced by, the media they listen to, where they are in their own healing journey. As we do the work of dismantling our own conditioning and do our part in the awakening of this unnecessary suffering on the planet, we all have a different role to play and we all have a different strategy. Some people truly believe that working within the system is how change is made and some people believe we have to tear it all down and rebuild. Some people believe we need to abolish the police and some people believe we need to reimagine what role police play in our society. I don't know what your friend believes, I don't know her heart, but I do know that being able to see the suffering of others means you can see beyond your own experience and not everyone is there yet. This has nothing to do with you or your friendship. She is married to a cop because she believes that cop is a good person. She loves that person and she believes that he is doing honorable work to help people. This is what she believes and because you strongly disagree with that in her mind, she feels you don't respect her choices and thus don't respect her. People ghost what they don't want to face. They turn off what is hurtful to them. At her level of awareness, that is all she can see right now. Inner peace comes from building your own compassion for where people are in the journey of their own awakening. That doesn't mean tolerating behavior that goes against your principles, but it means not taking it personally because it's not really about you. It's so hard when these issues show us a part of the people we care about that we don't like. It's disappointing and it's heartbreaking. And it's easy to feel like the times you did have together are all a lie. But that is the anger talking. And with time, you will let that anger go and hope that at some time, she will see what you want her to see. That your position comes from a deep desire to change what is unjust. With time, you will stop fighting with her in your own mind every time you think of her. With time, you will stop looking at every think piece on racism and police brutality and add it to the long list of why you are right and she is wrong. But the sooner you let go of needing her to change, the sooner you will change what you need from her. And then you can continue focusing your energy on being the change you want to see in the community that supports that. Hey Bunny, one of the roommates of a place that I'm moving into is this guy that is kind of attractive and when we talk it feels a little more than just friendly. Um, it's sinking in that I'm going to be seeing this person literally every day, like we share a bathroom. Um, he seems really nice and chill, and I'd like to think that I am too, so I'm not really worried about, like, drama. But um, what I am worried about is, like, being self-conscious and the idea that I would be perceived by someone that I'm attracted to all the time. That kind of stresses me out. Um, if you were in my shoes, what would you do to keep the focus away from that and not worry about being perceived. Just because you think your new roommate is attractive 
doesn't mean you need to change anything. I mean, so you're going to be perceived by him on a daily. You're amazing. <laughs> Just how you are. We have this tendency that when we get a crush, we feel like we need to be very careful with how we present ourselves because we want them to be attracted to us too. So we hide our supposed imperfections, right? We order a less messy meal at dinner. We don't show ourselves without makeup. We pretend we like never go to the bathroom. We play this little game that in the end, does it really matter? It's a lot of stress to protect our egos when we feel vulnerable. But the ego isn't your true self. You want to be liked for who you are, not for how you present yourself. Or else you'll end up being with someone who only cares about how they are perceived by others. So in a way, being in this situation is kind of like a lesson for you on how to be your authentic self no matter what. It might be a little nerve-wracking at first, but no matter who the roommate is, it's always a little awkward living with someone you barely know. The less you worry about what someone thinks of you, the more you will enjoy your life and your space and also develop authentic relationships that are meaningful. I would also consider the consequences of this roommate relationship possibly budding into a romance one. Not that I think it would be a bad idea, but just... Be slow and steady about any choices on that front. You don't want to sabotage something that's working well for you for something that might be a little bit of fun but then ends up not working. You know what I mean? Hi, Bunny. Thank you so much for doing this podcast. I have a question about relationships in quarantine, boundaries, and all of that fun stuff. I got into a relationship a couple of months before the lockdown happened in the city, and it was pretty serious when it did. Um, my partner is a really, really kind and sensitive person, really cares about others, um, is kind of a, a caretaker in that sense, and often doesn't really express how he's feeling, what he needs. And so when the pandemic hit, I, an extrovert, was pretty overwhelmed with losing all of my social activities and the normal things that I do to stay sane, which are, a lot of them involve, like, group music and community organizing and stuff. So I was kind of unmoored completely and feeling awful about it. And I think he's much more introverted, and he claims the pandemic had less of an effect on him and his routine. But on the other hand, I see how it affects everybody. And because he wasn't expressing how he was feeling, it was hard for me to be as much of a source of comfort to him as he was to me. And so, given our different personalities through the pandemic, I think he started to feel like he was managing my emotions and overly responsible for my emotions. And sometimes that would manifest in him getting drained from comforting me and withdrawing without much communication. Not like a ghosting type of withdrawing, just like kind of being a little bit spacey for some time, and that would make me anxious, and that sort of dynamic was starting to get stressful for both of us, um, although I didn't know that the core reason why this was happening was that he was feeling drained from um, taking care of my feelings and my anxiety and sadness around the pandemic. So when he finally really found it in him to say that to me straight, he was already so drained that he was like, I don't even know if I can do this as your partner. And by that point, I was 
really upset because I've grown really attached to him, not just because I love him, but also in a sort of unhealthy way because I didn't really have other outlets and he was the only person I could safely see in real life. So in sort of a last ditch effort to save the relationship and establish some boundaries, which I think he had trouble setting because he's so kind um, and self-effacing, I was like, okay, let's take two weeks, no contact, just to reestablish how we're feeling, what our boundaries are, what we need, and get our autonomy back. And so um, we are on the two weeks right now, and I just wonder if you have any advice for how to go forward, whether this is about a fundamental incompatibility, and also how to love myself, knowing that Sounds like you got cut off, but I think I got the gist of the question. In every relationship, there are issues that are having an effect on the relationship, but are not fully in your awareness. Ideally, your partner would have communicated earlier to you what was going on with him before it became about whether you should stay together or not. The thing is that even if y'all broke up, he would still need to work on his ability to communicate with the next partner because it's part of his healing journey. I know it seems like only out of kindness he was so focused on your problems, but on a deeper level, being a good partner is also being honest about your feelings and being emotionally open and available. It became all about you because you were the only one talking. You became a convenient distraction. And yes, because of the pandemic, you lost some other support systems that you are used to be able to depend on. So you became increasingly dependent on him alone. That's okay. That happens. This year wasn't normal. We simply were not prepared. It's easy to slip into roles in a relationship. One person is the extrovert. One is the introvert. But as you get closer, you see it's never that simple. There are reasons why we have the patterns we do. We develop coping mechanisms in order to handle the challenges we face. For some people, it's walling up and trying not to think about it and just focusing on our partner's problems. For other people, it might be overly obsessing about ourselves and forgetting there's more to our lives than our personal problems. Ironically, when we show up for other people, we can learn a lot about ourselves. We get clarity when we step away for a moment and get some perspective. I think you and your partner are doing an incredible job at looking into this and trying to understand and process what's actually going on internally. It's a real testament to how much you care about each other. That is what love is. Love is messy and confusing and takes patience. Love can sometimes get into a cry fight or need to take space or have to say, I'm sorry. It's all okay. These bumps in the road are how two people grow together. And ultimately, this is what the purpose of the relationship always was. Love brings up all the things inside us that need to be healed. That's why sometimes it can be really tough. Your partner has a difficult time expressing his needs that didn't start with you. But with you, they can have an opportunity to work on healing that. Because now, you can ask them, how can I make it easier for you to tell me what you need? His fear of being vulnerable comes from a wound. So being patient and helping as much as you can for him to feel safe sharing with you will go a long way. Also, You need and deserve more support outside of your relationship. 
It's great that you can share your thoughts and feelings with your partner, but there are other people you can depend on too. Try reaching out to more friends. Try meditation or journaling. Find ways of lessening your dependency so that there's more space for both of you. It will make it so much easier because the more he withdraws, the more needy you become because you're longing to know what the hell is going on and you just feel like something is wrong and then he withdraws even more and it just becomes this continuous cycle of not communicating. That's why communication is so important. It's tough, but the sooner y'all learn how to be a safe space for both of your feelings, the more you can support each other and feel secure in the relationship. I definitely think it's worth working on. Well, that's it for this week. Thank you so much for listening. Have an amazing week and remember, I love you and so does your higher self. Exo Higher Self is recorded in Brooklyn, New York, hosted by me, Bunny Michael, produced by Kara Gilvey with original music and sound mixing by Michael Bihari.